shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut the government down, I say. That's the only way we're ever going to learn. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. And I'm so glad that you guys decided to join us. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening today. If you're listening on any one of our podcast networks, then that's fantastic. Also, take a minute to subscribe to the show. Because again, when you subs everything works on algorithms these days. You know what's so funny? 25 years ago, nobody knew what the hell an algorithm was. Now it's how everybody now it's how everybody makes the most important decisions in their lives in the media business. Well, the algorithm's doing this, the algorithm's doing that. They don't they're not, you know, they don't like this person. The algorithm hates them, so we gotta we gotta fire them. The algorithm wants more stories about cats. Whatever it is, whatever it is, the algorithm basically runs our entire lives. Uh, and I don't think anyone really even wouldn't it be funny if there was no algorithm? <laughs> we're all just we're all just sitting here dealing with the algorithm and it's not even a thing. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to, we got a lot to get to. I want to talk about the debt ceiling and I want to talk about shutting down the government because I think that's very important. Also, there's some information about George Santos, which I want to get to. And before we get to any of that, again, please subscribe, please like, please comment. That's how the algorithm uh, continues to promote us and make sure that other people are getting this information. And that's the only way we're going to be able to spread this, um, this patriotic, patriotic, liberty, love, and freedom defending message um, that we're all spreading so that we can save our republic once and for all from the evil forces of communism and socialism and Joe Biden. Uh, oh, which, by the way, the White House is now, I don't know what the different, I don't know what the different levels of, you know, scandal are, you know, you know how like when you're an alcoholic, there's a 12 step program to get you to, to kick the you know, kick the bottle for good or drugs or really anything, I guess. Uh, it's 12 steps that help you recover. Well, I think when you're embroiled in a political scandal, it's the same thing. The first is denial. Boy, I didn't know anything about, I didn't know anything about this scandal that happened at my house, in my garage. And then of course, as more evidence is mounting, you're like, look, I'm taking this very seriously and I'm cooperating. Then you get the anger where Joe Biden, and it just happened last Friday, he snapped at that report. He's like, look, I talked to my lawyers. I'm doing what the lawyers said. I have no regrets. So you go from denial to uh, to anger. And then now we're in the third stage, which is uh, we're not talking about we're shutting down. We're not going to involve ourselves. The White House saying that there's no other documents. The White House saying, look, everything's done. This is there's no there there. You guys are bar and then you blame somebody else like the press or the media or the Republicans. It's very it's very we're going to in fact, we'll outline the whole thing, uh, how you get through a scandal. And then eventually, because he's a Democrat, there's getting caught. And then there's just, you know, getting let off the hook and uh, and uh, blaming Donald Trump for it. Anyway, we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do anything, speaking of algorithms, yesterday, I for those of you that don't know, I've started uh, in it while I'm recording this, because this is a, a podcast, podcasts are pre-recorded. But while I'm recording the podcasts, I started going live on my TikTok. And a lot of people freaked out Im immediately. They, they said, oh, my God, Mark. Why are you live on TikTok? Don't you know the dangers of TikTok? Don't you know that they kicked TikTok off of all the government phones and the government computers and things like that? And I said, yes, but I don't work for the government. I don't have a government phone. I don't have a government computer. I bought all this stuff myself. I ain't no freeloading government worker. I'm just kidding. You government workers are very valuable people. Uh, but what I was going to say was I, you know, I have, I already know kind of, I've been at this for a long time. Pretty much all my sense of information is out there. I mean, when you've made as much content as I have, when you've signed up for as many social media networks as I have, when you're, you know, when you're, I mean, I'm pretty sure everything's on the dark web. Maybe that's where my hair went. <laughs> Maybe my hair is on the dark. Somebody quick, check the dark web and see if you can find my hair because it disappeared uh, about the same time I started becoming a heavy social media user. Uh, but no, but one of, there's, there's two reasons why. There's two reasons why I continue to use TikTok, even though there've been a lot of warnings about it. And the first reason is that I'm one of those, 
I'm one of those people that's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm all throw myself in the face of danger and I will, I will, I will report back or all, you know, you need like a double knot spy. You need someone to go undercover with the, with the gang, with the rival street gang or whatever. You need someone to be a narc to go undercover as a high school student and find out who's selling the drugs in the parking lot at recess. Do they have recess in high? I guess they don't have recess in high school, right? They probably, I guess they probably have like lunch, but whatever. I'm that guy. I'm like, I'll do it. I will spy. I will pretend to be, I will go in there because I want to see what's going on. I'm the guy that races into the fire. I'm the guy that runs toward the gunfire. I mean, I haven't actually heard a lot of gunfire lately, but if I did, I would run toward it. Um, anyway, so that's why I'm still on TikTok because I feel like it's important that some of us are there to know what's going on and to report back. Number two is, and I say this all the time, <laughs> we have an opportunity here to really save the Republic, which is the goal of, I mean, every day I wake up and that's what I do, man. I'm like, all right, what do we do today to save the Republic? Our motto here, and those of you that may, that may be new to the show, I mean, you may not be familiar with this, but our motto here is save the Republic and have fun doing it. And the reason is number one, the Republic is at risk and we need to save it. Number two, it's gotta be fun because if it's not fun, you're not gonna do it. Nobody wakes up and goes, man, I'm gonna do some boring ass crap all day long today. No, you wake up, you're like, all right, you know what's really fun? Saving the Republic is a blast especially the way Mark K and the Catriots do it. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to do it every single day until the job is done, which fun fact, it never will be. But you know, if we make it fun, we can keep, we can keep at it. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm, you know, on all these fun platforms like TikTok and like, you know, uh, locals and Facebook and everywhere else, uh, because we need to keep it entertaining. We need to keep you entertained while you're battling the forces of evil. Uh, that's the second thing. That's the first thing. Wait, was that the second thing? Oh yeah. I, I'm still on the second thing. Sorry. But we're a lot of the times just preaching to the choir. For example, on my Facebook page, I have like a million and a half people on Facebook. They're all fairly conservative. They already re already feel the way I feel. They already have the same beliefs and they already know what to do every single day to make sure that the United States of America doesn't just disappear into a vast wasteland of socialism. Okay. Those folks get it. Same thing with the radio. We're on Catriot radio network stations all over the country. We're hopefully going to add a bunch more. And as the people call in and as we talk to the people and as we hear them comment, we get an idea, we get this semblance, this sense, this idea that these folks, you know, they know it, they get it already. They're on our side. They're out there battling. They're out there trying to save the Republic. They know the constitution. They love it. They understand the difference between conservatism and well, horribleness or as you know, or liberalism as I like to, as I like to call it. Um, and so what, and so what we need to do now is we need to go find out the people that, are, that don't know about that yet. The people that are still lost and confused, the people that, you know, like preaching to the choir, Preaching to the choir is great, but it doesn't really help. I always tell people when you go to church, it's like going to a pit stop. And when you're racing, you know, the race is what's important. You pull into the pit stop and you take a little break and you're like, you feel comfortable. You're around your own people. Everyone's dressed like you. They're all wearing the same uniforms. They gas you up. They, they make you feel good. They give you some water. They put on fresh tires and you're all ready to go, <clears throat> but you don't stay in the pit stop the whole time. You got to go out there and race. You got to go out there and get it and do the work. And that's how church is. Church is the pit stop. You go in every Sunday or Saturday or whenever you go and, uh, and you get rejuvenated. You get fresh tires. You get a fresh tank of gas. There's people around you. They're like, go, go, go. You can do this. And then the rest of the week, you're out there racing, man. You're out there doing the work. You've got to spread that message of, 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 you know, of whatever religion you go to. So you got to evangelize it. I see this podcast. I see my live streams. I see the show, uh, the emails that I send, same exact thing. It's the pit stop. But then you got to take that information. You got to go share it with other, other people. And, um, and that's how we can grow it. Well, TikTok has this vast amount of people 
who are younger, who don't think like us, who uh, are not are confused, you know, are maybe being groomed or taught something different by a different cult of individuals. And uh, and we need to make sure that we're treat, teaching them things that they're not learning in school anymore, like why America is great, why you have certain civic responsibilities, why you should go to work every day, you know, why life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness are not guaranteed, but they are they are goals that you can achieve. Well, uh, but, you know, you got to do some of the work. There's a lot of there's a lot of mixed messages out there in the media. And the the Democrats are actively targeting young people to try and convert them to their way of life. We need to combat that. And you can't combat that by talking to a bunch of older people. You got to go where they are. So that's why I'm on TikTok doing the trends, making the funny videos, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'll continue to be. Oh, but fun fact, yesterday, I guess a bunch of people reported me because right in the middle of the broadcast, boom, it went dead. <clears throat> and I got a message from TikTok saying, you've been banned for life. This was funny. I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm recording the podcast, whatever. And I look over because my phone starts freaking out over here. I have the TikTok phone. Here's the camera. TikTok phone podcast right in front of me. And uh, and I look over the TikTok phone because it goes whoop, boom, black, and a big message. This live stream has ended. You've been banned from ever using TikTok live again. And I go, oh my God, that was quick. That was super quick. But people were, I guess, complaining about me. They were reporting me on the TikTok to the TikTok authority. They were like sending DMs to Beijing going, get this guy off of here. And um, and what happened was after I went back, I went in, I was like, this is appeal this is wrong. You guys are overreacting, whatever. And within like two minutes, they wrote me and they said, we've reinstated your ability to go live. This was a false alarm. So it was, it was just the trolls trying to troll hard and, uh, and get me in trouble. It didn't work. Um, nor will it. Cause I like a cockroach will never go away. You can slam a book on top of me. You can spray me with whatever you want. I'm just going to keep coming at you. Uh, all right. So speaking of coming at you, let's talk a little bit about the uh, let's talk a little bit about the debt ceiling and why we should shut down the government. There's a battle brewing again in the brand new conservative House of Representatives, and it's about the debt ceiling. And what a lot, what a lot of people don't realize is the debt ceiling was placed there not as a not as a a a, a stumbling block or a roadblock or something to harm the United States of America. It was placed there as a protection. For example. When you get a credit card, right, you have to, I don't know if you've ever gotten a credit card. I'm sure most people have some kind of credit card. But when you get a credit card, you get what's called a credit limit. For example, the first credit card I ever had was a, I want to say it was a Discover card. I don't even, I don't even know if that's still around. First credit card I ever got was a Discover card. It had a $500 limit. And they said, you can spend up to $500 on this card but that's it because you're like 18 or 19. You don't have a job. We don't trust you. You're probably reckless and stupid. And uh, we don't want to lose a lot of money. So 500 bucks, that's your limit. And then if you pay it off, you know, you can then use, you can spend another 500 bucks. So of course I got the discover card and I was like, this is great. I got 500 bucks and I went in and I charged it all up like the first week. And then I was, I tried to use it again. They're like, I'm sorry, your card's been declined. I was like, wait, I already got to $500. That's a lot of beer and chicken wings. Did I really drink that much and eat that many chicken wings that I've already blown through my five? Okay, maybe I bought a pair of sunglasses or something too. Who knows? But I was like, that's that went really fast. And of course, I didn't have five hundred dollars. If I did, I would have just paid cash. So it just sat there, and I paid off the interest. And you know, and and eventually, I just realized that uh, my credit was all done. And they put it there. I thought they were being like just jerk bags because they were like, I wanted to spend more money on stuff. I wanted to go buy more beer, more chicken wings, more sunglasses. I wanted to. I don't know, take a trip somewhere or go stay in a hotel in Atlantic City. And 
I didn't have any more money on my credit card or credit on my credit card. And that I, I, I that made me curse and blaspheme and, and, you know, think bad things about the credit card company. Like they've locked me out of my willing, my, my God given right for credit. Uh, and now my life is horrible, but they did that to protect me because they knew I couldn't pay it back. I didn't have any money. Like they literally gave me, they were dumb too, but they gave me a credit card, 500 bucks on the limit. And I had no money. And they were like, well, you're high risk. So that's your limit. When you pay it down, you can start charging it back up again. Same thing with the, the debt ceiling for the United States of America. It's the credit card company saying, we're doing this to protect you and to protect ourselves. We can't have you just going out there charging up stuff. We know you don't have any money. You're not making any money. You don't do anything. You're basically just a, you're just a slug, you know? So here's your limit. And once you're done, you're done. Uh, but the politicians in Washington, D.C., they don't feel that way. They feel like they should have unlimited amount of spending. They feel like, you know, yes, they've run up their limit on the credit, but at the same time, there's still more money to be spent. Hell, they just, they just pass another $1.7 trillion in this, in this ridiculous, uh, you know, budget last year um, with the help of Republicans, which is a big problem for me, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that a little, little, little later on. Now with a credit card company, if you want more credit, you can get it, but you have to call the credit card company and you have to say, hi, I need a credit limit increase. And they're going to be like, well, how much do you want? And you go, well, I need another $500. And they're going to say, well, let me look at your account here. And then they're going to go make a decision. They're going to look at your, your past payment history. They're going to look at your delinquent payment history. They're going to look at your credit report. They're going to look at your income statement. They're going to look at all that stuff. And then what's going to happen is they're going to probably say to you, I'm sorry, but we cannot issue you a credit limit increase at this time. Please try again in six months. That too has happened to me as well. Uh, what the limit ceiling is, is the government going to the credit card company and saying, we would like to increase the spending limit so that we can spend more money that we're never going to pay back. Here's the kicker. The people who are spending the money are also the credit card company, and they're the ones in charge of issuing that credit limit increase. So the Republicans and the Democrats get together in the Congress and they go, Man, our credit card, we tried to buy, we tried to send 40 billion to Ukraine, but it got declined. And Zelensky's screaming at us like, where's my money? I need more money, bullets and guns and missiles for Putin, boom. And he, I'm like, just charge it again, Vlad. And he's like, no, it's not working. It says decline, decline. Get me, you must send cash. I know your credit, no good here. So the credit cards getting declined. And the only problem is if they want a credit limit increase, they don't have to call the credit card company. They just give it to themselves. That's why it's so stupid and dangerous, and that's why it should uh, it should not be raised again. It should be shut down. And everyone and the the government shutdown. This is a a government shutdown. The way that they're always talking about it is well, we've got to increase the debt limit, or the government's going to shut down. First of all, a government shutdown sounds to me like Christmas Day. That sounds to me like a holiday. I'm like, great, shut down the damn government. They ain't done nothing for me lately anyway. Shut it down, shut down the IRS, shut down the DOJ, shut them all down. Um, and, but, you know, and, until we get our, our books in order, until we are able to make some cuts, until we're able to stop spending all this money. I think a government shutdown is a fantastic idea, but the media paints it as like this terrible, people will be furloughed. And crucial services will not go through. People are going to lose their Medicaid and their Social Security. And all of that, by the way, is BS. In a government shutdown, all necessary agencies, all vital agencies like law enforcement, the military, you know, Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, all those things, every single necessary and vital government agency 
which I know sounds sounds like an oxymoron to a lot of people, remains intact. The Border Patrol will still get paid, even though they're underpaid and there's not enough of them. All that stuff. And the government doesn't really shut down. What do they they what they do do is they close some monuments. You know, tourists in Washington D.C. aren't going to be able to go tour the Lincoln Memorial because there's not going to be any park police or park workers there. They're not going to be able to maybe go to the Smithsonian. You know, oh well. Uh, we've got more, we've got bigger problems than you going to see Dorothy's original ruby glass slippers or Oscar the Grouch sitting in his trash can on Sesame Street. We've got a country here that's bankrupting itself. We've got a country here that's spending like a drunken sailor. We've got a country here that is that is not putting itself first and is putting everybody else first, and we need to do something about it. So I think the good news is that the Republicans and the conser- really the conservatives in Congress, the 20 that wouldn't vote for Kevin McCarthy, um, the 20 that, that, that went in and negotiated this amazing rules package. I believe that what we're starting to see is that you have strong combative conservatives in Congress. And the fact that they were willing to do something that hadn't been done in 160 years, which is go to go to 15 rounds on the speaker of the house vote. The fact that they're going to say, look, these are tools at our disposal and we're going to use them to save this country. I believe they'll do the same thing with the debt ceiling. And I don't believe that it's going to be. Uh, as easy as it's been for the government to give itself a credit increase as it has every single year forever. I think now we finally have some folks, enough of them in office who are going to say, shut down the government. We don't care. This is actually a good thing. The government needs to work within its means. And if it doesn't, then, hey, shut it down. Um, And I think think we're going to start to see that uh, here in just a little while. At least I'm praying. I'm praying that we're going to see that. Um, Because again, a government shutdown is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a way for the government to learn how to, put, how to, you know, appropriately use credit, just like the credit card companies do. You know, if a credit card company takes you to uh, collections, it's a, it's a less, it's a good thing. It's going to teach you something that you probably needed to know anyway, which is don't spend money that you ain't got. Well, it's time to take the United States of America to collections. First, we cut out. First, let's cut up their credit card, and then if they don't pay. You know, we got to teach it. We got to teach ourselves a lesson. Anyway, that's coming up here in just a minute. Also, we have, ladies and gentlemen, uh, some more information about George Santos, which I'm going to be honest with you, this guy in New York, I don't feel like George Santos is my problem. I'm not in New York. I didn't vote for the guy. I didn't get bamboozled by George, George Santos. I didn't get bamboozled by, uh, I didn't get bamboozled by this guy's campaign. I didn't read his <coughs> resume and go, wow. This is the guy that I want to represent me in Congress. I believe every word that he says. I'm not that, I didn't do that. Uh, You know, and that's part of the representative government. Everybody has a representative in their own state or their city or whatever. And you've got to, you've got to, you know, vet your own candidate. The fact that George Sanders got elected, you should blame the people in New York. You should blame the RNC. You should blame the media who didn't properly vet this guy. Why is it after he got elected, the media finally figured out he's a big liar who lies? Why didn't they do it beforehand? That's actually their job. I'll tell you why. Because they were too focused on Donald Trump. They were too focused on Donald Trump's tax returns. They were focused on everything else except for what they should be doing and saying, are these candidates running for these offices in Washington, D.C., actually the people that we should be sending there? Uh, That's the media's job. They failed. So, you know, people of New York, vote them out next time or, you know, you get them to resign or whatever. You know, talk to the media and say, you guys suck at your job. Uh, but don't drag the rest of the country into it. George Santos does not represent my district. Um, he lied to you people in New York. I'm so sorry. You guys deal with it. We have bigger fish to fry. And the fact that I go on the Drudge Report 
or the fact that I go on any major network, CNN, NBC, and I see George Santos above any story about Joe Biden and these documents, the fact that I see George Santos's face or George Santos above the fold, as they call it, and Joe Biden below the fold shows to me again that the media is still complicit in propagandizing uh, the Democrats' agenda and propagandizing for Biden. And even though they may be a little bit more outwardly, uh, you know, antagonistic toward Joe Biden, maybe there may be some stories or some reporters or you're watching some stuff and you're starting to see, oh, maybe, look, they're being tough on old Joe. They're not. They're not. They're still putting Santos above him in a lot of these stories. And George Santos lying to the people of New York to get elected is nowhere near, is nowhere near any of the of the uh, national security and domestic security problems that we face with Joe Biden's document scandal. That's where the headline should be. That's where the highlight should be. That's where the spotlight should be pretty much um, until that guy's gone. All right, listen, I got the great podcast. I thank you. I know I went off on a tangent about a lot of stuff, but we're going to cover a lot more of this when we start the show at noon, noon Eastern, 11 Central, the Marque show on the Patriot Radio Network. We're going to be streaming it everywhere. Um, if you haven't yet, uh, check out the, you know, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, Mark K saves the Republic, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you want to go, wherever you want to go, you can go download it, subscribe to it, comment, leave a review. We'd love to hear uh, your thoughts about it. Unless of course you don't like it, in which case you don't have to leave. Please feel free not to leave a review because I know all the TikTok trolls are going to go leave negative reviews now. And then, uh, and then we appreciate everybody, of course, watching this on locals and uh, wherever it else is. But look, um, subscribe, comment, help us beat the algorithm, help us get that content out of there. Tell your friends about it. Again, this is the pit stop. We've come into the pit stop. We've spent like 20, 30 minutes filling up our tanks, getting rejuvenated, getting revitalized. We got brand new tires on this mug. And now we got to go out there and we got to do the work. We got to preach. We got to evangelize. We've got to spread the word of conservatism wherever it needs to be spread. And uh, you can do that, like I said, by taking this 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 piece of content, sharing it with whomever, uh, putting it on your post, putting it on your page, texting it to a couple of people, um, and helping spread the word. Because, like I said, that's how you and me and all of us can can really every single day work to save the republic. 